0: Uh... Ah.
1: and welcome to nufc matters with me steve rafe and uh it's retro night it's a new idea uh something which we've discussed a couple of weeks ago throwing a few ideas around and we'll see whether you like it or not um tonight we're going to talk about um arsenal newcastle versus arsenal uh, our memories and your memories uh, which we'd like you to share of either trips to Highbury or, or to the arsenal's new stadium the emirates or games at st james's park favorite games favorite goals um games you'd wishes you'd never been to uh, cup finals you wish you'd never been to or cup finals you're glad that you've been to um you know plenty to talk about i'm sure tonight so just give us a give us a shout you know by dropping a message as usual and uh You couldn't expect anybody other than Steve Hastie and Mitch to join us And we've got Stu Penman as well who's joining us tonight Welcome Stu, welcome along to uh, the team You're going to be a regular on this one Which is great to have you on mate Yeah Steve Good to see you So, Arsenal uh, where do we start? I have put a few games underneath on the link for you to watch later on. I've gone from the 1952 Cup Final, which of course Ribledo scored the winner, um, the horrendous 1998 Cup Final, where I can't remember much, where um, with with Overmars and, and Elka scoring and, and them winning the double and us winning nothing. Um, I've stuck. Andy Carroll's goal on, the uh, the rare one where we uh, we got the winner down at um, Highbury, and uh, Andy Carroll got the winner in a 1-0 win. Um, loads of games, of course, Check to you only the 4-4, but I'm going to throw it open to you and throw it open to the crowd. I'm going to just mediate as usual. So, Steve Hasty, memories of Arsenal. <coughs> Evening, Steve. You know what?
2: Arsenal are one of those teams, aren't they? You know, that. I think we've had some we've had some great games against them we've had some shocking games against them but they've always had some really decent players and i, I was looking back thinking of like northeast players that played for arsenal at a time when i was growing up i suppose the the the, the main one was was jordy armstrong the winger who ended up being a very very good pal of supermax when Malcolm well, eventually signed for arsenal and I think he, he had a great. He was a great winger, and he played. He played alongside Ray Kennedy as well, who was again from from the northeast, who ended up. Uh, I think he was the first player to win a double double, uh, and he got he did the double with Liverpool. And he did the double with Arsenal. So my my early recollections of Arsenal when they when they did come up was watching players like that with me dad, um, and I used to enjoy it because Arsenal for some reason always felt as though they were like a coach club. You know, there was something special about them um you know that they had this 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 air about them that you know certain players never seemed to get dirty when they were playing you know they didn't seem to that kit never got scruffy and things like that but they had a they had some hard cases you know and i'm thinking of of peter story and defenders like that who you know i mean in the modern game just you know he would probably last 20 minutes you know um i think a, a couple of times you, you got hauled off and you wonder whether he was going to end up in jail and i think he did end up in jail at one point you know um but they were they were a, they were a really good team to watch a uh, good team to play against um but my earliest recollection was was finding out that Supermac signed for them to be perfectly honest and uh, I remember that match of the day and i think it was around about the november december um when Supermac had just signed for them and uh, i think i think the beat with 5-3 at highbury and uh i think malcolm scored a couple he may have even scored three i'm not too sure but that was that was the point where all of a sudden i didn't like arsenal you know <laughs> and malcolm's playing for them and i'm thinking oh, can i can't stand this team anymore because i've I'd, I'd been taking a match watching arsenal because my dad always felt as though they played some decent cultured football you know but uh no that 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 was probably me, me me first recollection watching them on match of the day um and and getting annoyed because malcolm had done over you know uh, because we'd gone through that earlier season with you know seasons and the, the angst of 76 when when malcolm eventually left after the cup final you know so uh, that's my earliest recollection of of the arsenal as they are like to be known at them days
1: Good, so Mark Choke reminds us of the 3-1 uh, away win where Ashley Cole and Bellamy got sent off. Robert had a blinder that night. Love Bobby's celebration when Robert scored the third. Newcastle went top that night, if I remember that's rightly. It. Jonathan, yeah. Jonathan was Smith. was as well that night. I remember, that's why yeah. I remember that one. That was, it was, it was I, think yeah. we broke, I think we broke the hoodoo as well. That was the first yeah. win in London for donkey's yeah. years, I think, uh, yeah, after you know years of travelling down. So Jonathan Smith, he, mentioned, he mentions the same game as well. Stu over to you mate give us a give us your memories of of going to arsenal or, or watching Arsenal. at St James's.
0: i've been in lots of games with arsenal away just the one there you, you both just mentioned it that uh, we went top of the league it was just before christmas i was uh, living in Tenerife at the time and walked out the bar obviously three sheets to the wind chatting we are top of the league ground. Know? there uh, not many people can remember it but there was there was one game the uh, that, that sticks to me memory just for, because it was fun but i think we'd only been promoted maybe two seasons and we went down there and It was in the september and i went down with uh gary fordace so the, the lads nickname the heat um when we he was on the sick with a bad back and it was on the sunday and we won three two but the funny thing about this is like before mobile phones were popular and things like that you know so Eventually we got back into Newcastle at night. We met up with a few people, and they said they'd seen me on the t- on the telly. The the Sky cameras had focused in us. Now he was on the sick, wasn't he? So he, he would had to go to work for a review two days later. What were you doing in London? And he gave some story that he had a, you had to see a physio down there or something. And you know, to get away with it. But I, I don't think we I don't think we could talk about Arsenal without mentioning the four four game. In all the games I've been to, the the four four games probably in the top three. If we go with Barcelona and the Man United five nil, just yeah. for the sheer exuberance of it all. And some guys just put a comment on there about he left at half time. Well, I I was in there with a the lad who was a big big Leeds fan, uh, and when he walked out there, well we went to the players' lounge after. I'm sure about you, Stephen, there afterwards. But we when we walked. After, after the game he was a huge huge newcastle fan but at half time we went out for a cigarette out the back and uh this lad was walking out with his son and uh he's gone come on this is disgraceful and he's gone but dad dad to make it back into it and th- this was played on radio five live as well <laughs> hey, afterwards on the six or six forum and he's got but dad dad Newcastle might get back in this and he says uh I, I think he promised him a season ticket or you give him 500 pound if newcastle got back into it and he phoned up on air five and admitted we actually heard that conversation but it did uh, create one of the most memorable chants of uh made me support newcastle was singing at the arsenal fans 4-0 and you <clears throat> did up you know it's <laughs> incredible you know, for, for how it was and the angle where i was sitting was uh, to the left of the dugouts and you could just i, I actually stood up and cheered as soon as you lined the ball up you hadn't even kicked it and i was up and you know the old adage i'm sure the roof come off the stadium well if it was going to come off one night one afternoon that was the afternoon it was close to doing so you know and yeah, yeah. when Definitely. you mentioned the andy carol one i was in las vegas then on a, on a stag do with some guy in Holly, uh, cumbria and i never didn't even know him. My brother was going with one of his friends and he, he asked us to go along i was living in the lakes at the time so we went along and we were watching the game and if it was about three in the morning vegas because it was an early kickoff if i remember right on the sunday so it was like the late saturday night for us well we were staying in the bellagio and we ended up doing cartwheels down this casino in the bellagio and we won one one nil how we never got thrown <laughs> up i don't know but there's many more but there's, there's there's other people that talk so we can we can carry on with still <laughs> later on I some great I, i've I,
1: got a feel i've got a feeling we're gonna have some right laughs we used to with some of these stories like not all, not all connected to oh, castle united as well more or less you know sure out. we've heard a few we've heard a few from me i just while we're talking about the 4-4 um i was lucky enough to be at that game with uh tino asprey i was looking after tino and um oh, really? we we said in the cameras at one point actually focused on me rob lee john beresford and tino who were all sitting in the platinum club together managed to get the lads tickets and we're all sitting there and uh, when we went four nil down like two nil down three nil down four nil down, we're getting a running commentary in portuguese from tino um every other word was bastardo and shit and uh, <laughs> 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 it, it, he wasn't happy at all, and when the match of the day camera is focused on Tino during the game, he's just shaking his hand, he's, he's shaking his head, he's on his phone, and uh, but he, he stayed for the game. I persuaded him to stay, and he was pleased he did, but uh, couldn't believe it. Uh, the night out after that was absolutely mental, like down the quayside yeah. with Tino, like as you would imagine. But uh, that's for another that's for another show. I think uh, Mitch, <laughs> your memory, your memories of Arsenal,
3: very much like Steve, I was brought up. Um to kind of have a respect for Arsenal, for them to have a bit of culture and, you know, to play in a particular way. Um, I think that a lot of that was born, in, I've talked about my grandfather a few times, and he hitchhiked to the, the finals in the 50s. Um, and in the 50s, I think six or seven of the finals contained either us or Arsenal. We pretty much shared the cup through the 50s. Um, and, and I was sort of brought up on that sort of concept that we're a team to respect and one of my earliest memories of them was watching them in the 79 Cup final when they won 3 2 against Man United, Alan Sunderland scored the goal. And, and after that, actually one of the first shirts I ever um, had that wasn't a Newcastle shirt was an Arsenal away shirt, the other one. On didn't have Sutherland the on the back, did it? Thank, no, thank God I didn't know my dad was killed. <laughs> So and it was a pro- oh god, it was a proper cheese treat I won as well. You know, you play a game of football and you go give it your mum, get it washed, and it looked like and shroud. You know, um, yeah. but um uh, my first memory of going to Arsenal was I think eighty seven when we won one 0 with Goddard.
1: Oh yes. I'm um, it that was game. One,
3: one of the one of the first games I've ever come away from. And and you couldn't pick a man in the match between the two goalkeepers. That that game could have been four pieces of well. Lukic and I think it was Martin Thomas in our goal. And if you look at the highlights of that game, some of the saves are ridiculous, crazy saves. And and we were fighting for our lives. I think we ended up finishing seventeenth that year under McFaul. I think was, and that, that result was one of the. I think it was April time. was towards the end of the season. Um. And and it was it was a hell of a game. Stevenson and Gascoigne played out the skins, but Godard was just a different level that day, absolute different level that day. But then the two keepers as well, just brilliant. Um, I just remember going mental because it, 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 Godard hit, hit. If I remember right, you brought the ball down, went between two defenders, and tried to chip Lucas and Lucas got a fingertip to it, and you didn't know whether it was going to go over or go in. So there was that sort of. Moments pause that feels like a lifetime while everybody goes silent, Is it, isn't it, or isn't it? And then that eruption, that absolute mental eruption of limbs and everything, everywhere. And then having to absolutely leg it to the tube after the game. It was just crazy outside, brilliant
1: i love this one from nick from felon he goes i remember being at highbury on a wednesday night and piper had a ticket waiting at reception he was sat next to Anton and deck and had no clue who they were anyone who's been on a trips trip will uh, to New, like with newcastle will know who piper is uh bless him I've, I've spent many many a night in the blind beggar with him in london and uh i used to get spouse spouse bus from wardley down to the old uh any game any game in the villa birmingham leicester area we always used to go back to a pub in uh, nottingham and uh which is one of spouse mates and it was we had some great days and I was always on that bus but we had some we had some laughs with him but yeah doesn't surprise us that he didn't know who Ant and deck were um <laughs> a lot of people talking about the bird camp game I've, I've stuck that goal down in the uh, comment section just for people to see steve hasty um fluke or a fantastic bit of skill i was speaking to me dad today about this and my dad said is the best uh, visit as goal that he has seen it in james's park in all the time he supported the club so that's a big testament to the fact that he thinks it was meant so what do you think steve was it was it a fluke or was it a fantastic bit of skill total fluke total fluke he hadn't a clue what he was doing
2: he nearly did his cartilage in <laughs> he was drilling himself into the penalty spot it was just i, I, I still to this day every time i watch it I cannot work out how he did it i don't know what his legs were doing i don't know which way he moved i just cannot it just defies science it defies gravity it defies everything it's just and that's why to me it's a total fluke and and if Birdcamp was sitting here in this room with us now and he said no i meant it i would still argue with him that it was a fluke because it's just impossible you know i just i honestly don't know how he scored all these years watching it back that many times and I still cannot figure out what he was doing. It's just nah. <laughs> Fair enough, Stu.
0: I think it was a bit of both. Uh, he got a couple of well, a one lucky bounce uh touch that went somewhere where I don't think he intended to go, but he reaction his reactions to it were marvelous, and then the finish was good as well. So he, it was to me it, if you remember the Matt Letizia, he scored one similar to us when we played away at Southampton. You know but i, I still think your is and that to me i'd rate that over burkham's
1: okay mitch same question to you uh dennis camp school versus newcastle was that a fluke or was it a great goal
3: i think he would do it another 500 times and then do it twice <laughs> i think he had, yeah i think he had an idea what he wanted to do but i don't think it executed the way he initially intended it to do um a little like Stu, i think people probably gather i mean Stu talked about this before probably and i I think it is a bit of both um i think you got you you've got to give him credit for reacting the way he did but i don't think it's what he actually meant to do no no you know if he
2: tried it if he tried it again he would do his cartilage in wouldn't he there's no question right. <laughs> he'd have a medial he'd have a cruciate he'd have the uh interior ulterior he'd have the cartridge done the whole lot if you get a new kneecap
1: now it's just like <laughs> you know, just, just kind of i just still kind of figure it out man <laughs> Keith Rolls asking us a question he says what was the best goal you've seen your castle score against arsenal remember janoles quick fire goal against arsenal in ninety-five, mm. ninety-six. so steve bit a bit of an on the spot question uh, but uh, you've done your research uh, you know what what's what's your best goal that you've seen your castle score against arsenal uh, uh,
2: well the one that the ones that i enjoyed the best and most well were, were probably the the rob goals the game that we mentioned earlier the 3-1 you know, the, the way that he went through and the, everything that had gone on during the game and the way that he went through and he just slotted it past and completely silenced him and put with top of the league. And for me, because cause cause, cause Rob was one of my favourite players, just just seeing him go through and and he just had that poise, and you know, everybody's expecting him to blast it from like 30 yards or something. He just he just strolls through. And that you know that the arms are up, you know they're all appealing. for offside. Everything about it, you know, was just so anti-Arsenal. It was just, it just didn't happen. And the way that, the way that he, he just sort of slotted the ball past the keeper, not once but twice. That for me, you know, I just that, that, those, those go, those two goals for me uh, were just, were just perfection, if you like, you know, because of who it was against.
0: Okay, Stu. uh Without a shadow of a doubt, it was Teodors in the game I mentioned earlier. Uh, the 4-4 and mitchell vouched for this I, uh, when i used to have the shirts on i used to have his name on the back uh right. even before he sadly passed away i thought i thought he was a great player and just that goal was just just immense for what it did what it created a bit of history wasn't it four nil down and then coming back right. and it was a fantastic goal in the turn right never mind what it achieved in the game so if for me
1: yeah, Apologies to those of you asking about Newport County And Mike Ashley and all that We're not discussing that on this show uh, It's purely a retro show It's the one night of the week where we're going to talk about The old days or Not so old days but not about what happened last night uh, And we weren't talking about Shelby's goal Mark Tulip, we're talking about Dennis Bergkamp's goal um, <laughs> Mitch fav- Favourite Newcastle goal Against uh, Arsenal Well it's interesting I wonder if this is
3: why it makes these matches stick in my heads. As i would say goddard's against arsenal the one from the match i was describing before if you look at his first touch he takes two defenders out the game with his first touch and he's clean through into the box it's 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 one of those ones that's paul goddard doesn't get the credit he deserves for what he did in the United and other clubs for that matter. um but in the United, he was a superb center forward in a very very we were not in a very poor team, but in a poor team that was occasionally very poor and naive. And and he he kept us up that season. That season I think he scored thirteen goals, kept us up. And that goal in particular, the 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 the, the, the touch to take two defenders out the game and then chip it over Lukic. Superb. Superb.
2: Didn't didn't Robbie Elliott score a good goal against Arsenal as well? Oh,
3: Let's not yeah, we'll about forget that, that one. Yeah, the, <laughs> he went off. Wins, Oh, know. it was a league game three. That yeah. was the end of the season, yeah. that nah, was in league. That was when I nearly played right. Stevie Charlton. That was, the, that was the game that we had
0: Sheila's shirt on as well. We had Sheila's shirt on the train.
3: Aye, right. same game.
1: Yeah. What uh, did you nearly do to Stevie Charlton, Mitch? stevie well, charlton for well, those of you stevie charlton for those of you who don't know and those of you who are a little bit younger was a another legendary fan i've just seen somebody say pipe i was a legendary fan but steve charlton um was an old guy um you could probably describe him as a stereotypical Jordy um well, from from back in the day he had a cloth cap he had a a, a, a long coat and um, he was always used to stand in the same place and uh it, it, you know
3: basically yeah, it's, well, it's, if it's, anybody, right? if anybody goes goes on my Twitter. My favourite Newcastle United pictures: John Burridge with Stevie Charl, and I've tweeted yeah. it a couple of times. With budgie getting hold of Charlton by the face with his big golden gloves on, and they look at joy on Stevie's face. It's brilliant. Well, when we got to the ground, Stevie was next to it with it with a group of lads he travelled down with. There he is. And um, as as the ball came in, and Robbie Elliott headed it it just went mental all around with there was limbs everywhere to use a modern phrase and then next thing we know everybody's in a heap and now i at the time i was probably about three stone heavier than i am now and and i could hear this well all the air come rushing out of his body as i landed on top of him and then about 20 lads land on top of me and as i'm getting up i'm thinking oh my god i've just killed some children i
0: think there was a little bit sorry uh well um, you're the, the, the way games and whenever we scored everyone's like where's stevie watch out for steve make sure he's all I right watch out for
3: that <laughs> might be as a result of that incident because <laughs> um, it was it was just crazy there's nothing you could do about it you know when you get one of those surges and everybody just goes and that was it everybody's piling on top of each other and of course yeah. the poor bugger's underneath me um and i've got about 20 lads on top of me <laughs> there's people people dragging people away and people dragging people off and I didn't see the ball hit the back of the net. None of we did. Um, I didn't see the chicken chicken wing celebration until after I'd seen match of the day. You know, um, but yeah, that that game was it. That was a great day. Away. That's my favourite Newcastle picture. the love in that picture because you know I've I've, I've spoken to Pudgy over here because he he does work work on the telly. He's actually based in Oman, uh, and I, and I've met Budgie a couple of times, and, and he still loves Newcastle United. He's got this. But bearing in mind, he probably played for about 20 professional teams. He raves about his time with Castle United. He loved it here. And you can see that. You can see that in that picture. You when know, people yeah. say, you know, your favourite Newcastle pitcher, that's the one.
1: Fantastic uh, memories there and uh, you know, it it just takes you back to yesteryear, but it was that wonderful gesture by Keegan as well, wasn't it? I think that photograph was, uh, might have been Leicester uh, Leicester at home, last game of the season where um,
3: he uh, allowed Steve
1: he let Stevie Charlton go onto the pitch and do the full walk around with the team and take all the plaudits and that because it was like a family wasn't it under Keegan and that's that's something that we you know we don't have these days that kind of connection between the players the manager and and the supporters and it, it's it's you know it's something which Keegan had an abundance and 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 you know he knew what he knew what he was doing but that was just great great memories about uh, about Stevie Charlton let's talk about the cup final I mean none of us thankfully are old enough to remember 19 52 um i'm sure you've watched it like i have the grainy images that are available on youtube and uh on on dvd of that final but Rebledo obviously scored newcastle won the cup Of course, they won the cup in 51 52 and 55 it was when we uh when we were the you know the cup kings if you like but um fast forward to 1998 steve hasty and it was uh, a different story arsenal were changed in the the double Newcastle at wembley uh Pistone in the team, and uh you know, it. I've got to be honest. I think most of us went down there thinking we had a chance. That's the magic yeah. of the cup. We'd done well. We 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 loved the semi final. Old Old Trafford was not a happy hunting ground for league games for us, but for semi finals, it was a it was a great place for us to go. Um, but that that final uh, against Arsenal, we just we just didn't turn up, did we?
2: No, we didn't. I mean, it was a great, it was a great weekend. It was a great trip. I remember we went down at lunchtime on the Friday. We got the train down. We all met in the, in the central station, uh, at, the, at the small, the small bar, not where the Centurion Bar is now, the small bar. We piled on the train. We're in first class. We'd really treated ourselves because in those days you could get those XL tickets excel cards nah. so travel two for one and we found it we found another deal where you could travel two for one but also get an extra two as well so we filled it we filled about eight seats on that train we had a great time went down we stayed we stayed around the corner from uh from the the old uh, football league headquarters at lancaster gate and um, just off Hyde park there we stayed there um we had a, we had a great a great friday night uh i remember the saturday morning the saturday morning started about four o'clock half past four i just couldn't sleep i was sharing a room with with my pal jeff you know I sadly passed away now and um i just couldn't sleep so i got up and i, I just went for a walk uh, and i walked around hyde park and I, I was just loads of newcastle fans wandering around all in exactly the same way just like could you not sleep later no i couldn't sleep no i couldn't see i'm just so excited couldn't sleep and i went back got the back the hotel about seven and they just start the breakfast so i had my breakfast uh, and then i went upstairs he was getting himself ready and that me come down and like i was so nervous i went and had another breakfast so i had two breakfasts before we even started it was just like everything your whole your whole day was already sort of confused you were already out of place uh went up to hendon on the train went to a bar up there then we got i think that was the game where there was uh I think it was a cricket club, wasn't it? Uh, the, the the some fans had hired the the, the cricket club up near Wembley, and uh, I think there, there was a there was a band on up there, and you know the, the whole atmosphere before the game was just absolutely fantastic, and then you know in the ground you know i just remember the the response that the Newcastle fans gave to we will we will rock you uh, because we had an alternative version of we will rock you remember which was right and we just had visions of the of bbc and ITV, and that just like what we're going to do how can we drown this out you know what we're going to do and you, you have visions of the commentators trying to talk over it and that but i are just laughing my heads off and everybody was up for it and then to go down the way we did you know where it was there was a couple of couple of chances that were had, you know. I think I had the post, but he, he didn't have a very good game. Um, the, the 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 whole, you know. I just remember storming out at the end of the match, um, absolutely furious. Uh, bumped into lee clark of all people on the steps on the way out uh, i think that was the that was the famous t-shirt incident that he had had inside the ground If i remember rightly but i remember bumping in i'm sure it was the the arsenal game not the man you the following year um and just being so so disappointed and we went back to this bar uh, near near lancaster gate and we're all sitting there and uh at the it was it was a good you know, it was a it was a decent atmosphere, but we had the Arsenal fans to put up with and that. And then we met this met this uh that two lads who who had travelled down independently and uh they'd gone to a they'd gone to a restaurant round the corner for a bite to eat. And um who should they bump into in the restaurant but uh Paul Durkin, the referee. No. <laughs> and of course he was sitting in the corner with the linesman, the two linesmen and a bloke from the fa and they were sitting having a meal just round the corner from the pub where I mean that was the, the most ridiculous thing he could have done to tell her when you know what the, the, the referee was in the restaurant round the corner. It's so all the lads piled round to see if he was still there because we're gonna fill him in. Um it was just you know the typical sort of you know, the way that you go on. Um but the game itself was just so so disappointing you know um and i think it was the following season when we went back the following season you know you are you are sure that was it then you you know lightning wouldn't strike twice we're gonna do it the next time but but the, the whole excitement of your first opportunity to be at a cup final um since 74 the fa cup final um or 76 for the league cup final which i was at um it was just it was like it was though there was something there was something special you know we, we finally got there and then for to have it you know kicked away like it did um
3: in a team within the double
1: as well and of all the teams arsenal mate. Killed by pace that day over Mars And now yep. get DME man Worst place in the world to get out of And then buses after a defeat says Mark uh, The t-shirt that Steve was referencing Of course was Lee Clark's infamous t-shirt I always feel a bit sorry for Lee He was at Sunderland at the time And uh he got the SMB T-shirt handed to him as he got out of a taxi, put it on, a uh, quick photograph, and then took it off, and that was it. Uh, the rest is history. And uh, Lee was soon on his way out to Sunderland and off the pastures new. After yeah. that infamous incident, we did a PMA really, didn't we? You know. Well, we did. Yeah, we did. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Ferryhill Mags as well. He says, uh, 93, 94 season with Arsenal. Watched the game at the cinema in Newcastle. Possibly the audience. Yeah, it was we, the audience. We, 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 we. One yeah. two nil. Colin Beardsley last game of the season. That's when Newcastle used to have waiting lists, and uh, right. you know you would go and watch things like that at the cinema because um, it was the only way that some fans could uh, could get in. Before that particular, uh, before game, come- Steve, that, that particular well,
2: game, I remember we came out of that game. We won, as you see, we won two nil, and we're in uh, Rosie's bar and uh there was this kid stand at the end of the bar i mean the place was chock, and it was you remember it was a hot day the the weather had been great and you know people were hanging around outside the bar and there was this one kid and he just seemed out on on a limb compared to everybody else and so one of the lads went oh and guns, what's up with you and it turned out he was an arsenal fan who had lost had missed the bus and couldn't find couldn't find any of his pals didn't know where he was going and he'd missed the bus so he hung around with her well we had arranged for to go back to my house um all the wives, when we had, we had that and all the wives had arranged to go to our house and they were putting on like a bit a bit of a spread afterwards so we said oh you can come back so next, next thing i know this kid's in the taxi with us and he comes back to my house so yeah. he comes back in he's gobsmacked at like that we had a house i don't know where what he thought newcastle was about so he was gobsmacked that we had a house that had more than two rooms in it you know it was full of full of Family and women and kids who were like there was a big buffet, like, food on for her, and he, he took it in and then uh, he suddenly said like, I mean he was he was a canny kid, but then all of a sudden one of the lads said to him, how are you getting home? And he went, uh, I'm getting the bus, and was what is that the bus that you missed? And he went, yeah. So we ended up having to have a whip round, for to get him enough money to get him back on the train for to get home again. So he'd had his fare paid, he'd been fed. He'd had beer bought for him and everything and he turned around and he goes ah you jordies you're not that bad really are you you know <laughs> it's like i didn't know whether to throw him out the front door or <laughs> give him the on the head you know but that, those the whole excitement of of that particular season because i think the the best thing not only had we done them 2-0 but we we got into into europe and they hadn't if i remember right i think they finished like fifth or something like that and you know it was our first season back in and that itself was that there was there was a buzz because we thought we're going places. I think we finished third, didn't we? You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating times, uh you know, when Newcastle were actually competing for things. Stu, your memories of that uh, nineteen ninety eight FA Cup final against Arsenal? I
0: think both of them the, the year after as well. Uh, Man United it was one of immense pride, even in defeat, because. There was a huge thing there. There's a bar on the way to Wembley called the Globe. I don't know if any of you remember it, and it was meant to be a famous meeting point And Newcastle fans just took over. You know, they weren't peeing in Trafalgar Square and stuff like that. You know, they were conduct themselves properly and just standing there watching this sea of black and white. You uh, know, and uh, I remember reading it was in. I'm sure it was in the Independent during the week afterwards. Uh, I think it might have been after the Man United game or something. But they said they felt like that part of North London had been taken over by fifty thousand dormant all coming from your castle with the shaving heads, wearing the black and white strip, <laughs> and it was it was just one of those when I know you've talked about it on other on other shows, but when Newcastle are united, there's nothing like it. You know, yeah. and it's just one of those things. Even now, I still get the tingles on my arms. Just remember, just looking down that road and and just seeing everywhere was black and white, and this was in London where Arsenal were playing. Or where the majority of Valley Naked fans are from. You know, in both both times it was just pure Newcastle. And yeah, we got beat, but I was what what age was I then? Just in the early twenties. So at this time we were on the uh it wasn't a roller coaster, you know, we're on the on the aeroplane going up, it was a meteoric rise, wasn't it? So we just thought it was gonna happen every year. You know, that the it, the team was that good it was excellent um excelling itself <clears throat> under keegan and we just thought it's even if we got beat even after arsenal it was like it's all right we'll win another one there's two cups next season we'll, we'll win one of those or the season after we'll win one of those it was only a matter of time wasn't it
1: but yeah, uh, it was, my my main
0: memory was just looking down that road not even coming out with when people just looking down the road and, and just seeing it was like newcastle had taken over uh london
1: and it was it was yeah. so proud fantastic and yeah, it? fantastic great. to think back i, I mean I've, I, I i count myself immensely privileged to have been to the old wembley um yeah. you know when you go, when you go into it now it's a state-of-the-art facility you know you can actually get your legs in if you're a big lad in in, in behind the seats whereas the old wembley was such a shambles but you know, just to be able to say that you walk down wembley way with your fans on more than one occasion and saw those twin towers uh which you know really? have gone now you know it's uh i you always know, felt it, i always felt it was a crying game, shame no the games but the games are awful i mean the charity shield etc i was there in 88 for the um for the mercantile credit classic when um it was yeah. a weekend it was a weekend down there and that was our oh, first yeah. trip to wembley since uh 76 and that was a fascinating experience as a youngster because i was only 16 um obviously trying to get into bars and stuff but you know it, it was you know it was a good laugh you know half cut on the coach going down and then getting there and buying a buying a flag which i think i've still got in the loft somewhere mercantile credit classic 1988 and typical newcastle i've still got it i found it the other day audio i've got the audio tape when i was down at wembley i had my dad recording charles harrison uh, on metro radio so i've actually found the commentary i've got charles harrison doing the commentary of newcastle beating liverpool and it was a penalty by neil Macdonald. And Newcastle won one nil and then they went on to play Tramia in the well, next yeah, yeah. game and they got beat two nil off Tramia. Typical bloody Newcastle. But I can not <laughs> say that I've seen Newcastle win at Wembley and they beat Liverpool one nil and Neil MacDonald got the penalty. So there we go. Mitch, um your your memories of that Arsenal cup final. Have you got any? Were you comatosed? Not. Were you sober? Well well good stories,
3: <laughs> yes. That weekend, if you ever want the definition of a, a good weekend spoiled by 90 minutes of football, was that weekend. P- people have probably heard us talk about my dad dri- driving with places and we're, how he had the people carry out take table seven of them down. So my poor dad's driving this, this minibus of, of lads. but somehow decided a good idea was to use Sunny Delight as a mixer for vodka. <laughs> so by the time, by the time we got the Leicester, he had it. He had a people carry out full of like basically agitated ADHD sufferers, so high on stuff. <laughs> um, and we were staying in a um staying in a, a travel lodge, I think it was, just outside the Milton Keys, was where we got. And and when we got there, one of the minibuses from Walls End Boys Club was there. So we're from Walls End as well. So it was like there was lots of people there that we knew. So the shenanigans carried on. It got to the evening. And it was one of the first places that had a 24 hour McDonald's drive through. So obviously when he's a load of lads who've been on the drink all day, you want somebody to eat. And it was past the time where the restaurant bit was shut was drive through only. So there was about 12 of them were pretending to be in cars. So we'll pull up at the drive through, sort of two abreast, there's somebody holding an imaginary steering wheel, making ram 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 noises, get up to the window, wind your imaginary window down and then start out taking order and the <laughs> guys inside to be fair didn't have a clue what was going on at first but when they realized what we were trying to do they couldn't take our orders for paying themselves laughing it was just cracking and to be fair to them they did serve <laughs> i think they, was, they thought would wreck the place if if they didn't like but so we'll get one mcdonald's and the next thing we realise oh the garage is open. a 24-hour garage what we'll go get there So, the next thing we go and get is a load of, you know, the slushes. Yeah. Bread one. So, we had this lad's life in the garage because somebody had a bottle of vodka. So, we're making vodka slushes. And so, (laughs) so he's trying to stop us from making these vodka slushes. And that went on for most of the night. I think we pretty much went through with the night, with the game at the next day. And then the game at the next day, obviously disappointed after everything you've said, you know, Wembley Way was amazing. The whole experience of the day was amazing. You know, and, ha- and had Shearer scored when it was one 0 it could have been different. But we were so hacked off after the game, and I think so hacked off and full of drink and not terribly happy. Well like right, get to get back to the car straight away, straight away. And we we hassled my dad to get what out quick, because we just wanted to be home. And and as he came round the side of Wembley, he took a left turn and went up in some sort of hangar or some sort of like warehousey area and there was a loader us there and they just waved me through and the next thing we know we're joining this cavalcade and we're in the royal bloody we're in the royal cavalcade we're at the back end of the i don't know whether they thought this people carry with the dark out windows was part of the royal cavalcade or whatever we just got waved through so i mean we, we were out of Wembley quicker than anybody because <laughs> he somehow managed to tail on at the back end of the bloody police thing getting the, the royal guests away i think we win left we were in Leicester by about an hour—it was just <laughs> ridiculous. Um, and and my poor dad—I mean, good God—he put up with all sorts of stuff. Could have had him done for all sorts and uh, joining a royal bloody cavalcade. Um, but yeah, that, that entire weekend was just yeah. one of those bonkers weekends that the group of lads that that we went together will we'll come back to time and time again and talk about stuff and. Somebody will say something and then suddenly you'll remember, oh yeah, such and such was climbing on the roof and that happened. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember we got those. back
2: to uh, we got back to the hotel and the uh, the the thought was so full of drink that they wouldn't serve us anymore at the bar. We had one drink right. and that was it. So one of the lads had the bright idea of asking, uh, if we ate something, could we eat? Are you allowed to eat and drink at the same time? So the, of course, the night Porter said yes, so the lad ordered a round of sandwiches. So ordered the sandwiches, that came with the drinks, and he went to the toilet. When he come back, they'd come on a silver salver of sandwiches, all these little triangular sandwiches. So he come back, and of course we'd scoffed a lot, haven't we? You know there was about half a dozen of around the table, if not more. So they got scoffed. So he says, "Oh, send us another another platter over." So next thing you know, another platter of of triangular sandwiches appeared. It wasn't until the bloke then came back and charged with twenty eight pounds and fourpence for these two platters of fourteen pound a time that we suddenly decided, "Oh, it's time for bed," and we left him to pay for them because <laughs> we'd eaten them, but there was no way we were going to get done for paying for them, you know. But <laughs> that was like that's your first experience of like getting
1: ripped off in a London hotel, you know brilliant fungo Freddy says i did the ground testing on the old wembley to see if it was safe to pull down we were pinching the soil samples and selling the jars of soil in for sell page for sale pages and they advertise have a 250 a jar. Brilliant. do you remember the toilets do you remember the, do you remember the toilets during the game they went
2: down the toilet at half time and you suddenly realized that people didn't use the toilets they just used the waste bins and the waste bins yeah. were just overflowing <laughs> it's like a river of no wonder. <laughs> oh, the it like, what the hell, you know, the weird spins were just overflowing. It was just
3: unbelievable. It was like it was like Niagara Falls. <laughs> made them through the delegate inbox of like positive experience uh, didn't it? it was right.
1: It was. let's talk about Highbury. obviously it's not there anymore um you know it, you know for me i i, I used to like hybrid as an away ground it was um it was always one of the cheaper away trips as well despite you having to go down to london i always found that the ticket price is reasonable and and you know yeah. it, you know to get in there um but i you know i can't Never remember having any trouble at Arsenal I, I, at all you, you know you would maybe get the odd bit of trouble going you know through London if you know if, if other teams were playing at home but never really had any issues with with Arsenal fans Steve no
2: not at all um, and then they had that one big bar at the top end that um, and the, 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 the that tried to get you to avoid going into and, the, you know, the, there was sort of like a ring of steel around that place where, you know, oh, no, you go and you had to walk past the place but on the other side of the road and that type oh, of no. thing. But apart from that, no, it was never anything. And there. it was, to me, it was like, I know that the, it was the old marbled holes, wasn't it, which I never ever saw. I mean, I know you, you saw it on TV now and again. But there was this aura about Arsenal, you know, the Arsenal, as, as I mentioned earlier, that they like to call themselves. Um, and it it had that sort of like modern oldie-worldy type look about it because it looked as though it had been properly designed it didn't have pillars everywhere you know uh it had a clock you know <laughs> the, the the old clock stand which actually with a real clock in that ticked you know that type of thing um and it it yes they modernized it and they put stands like that up but uh it it was it was one of those places. I mean, the, the surface always seemed good. They always seemed to play decent football on it. It encouraged people to play the ball on the deck. You know, it, it um the, the fans seemed to seemed to be enclosed without being on top of the pitch. But, it, you know, you you got a good view and that type of thing. So, from that respect, I always felt as Arsenal was like a, a proper enclosed ground like that,
1: you know. Yeah. Stu, your memories of, of Highbury? Was it a ground that you used to enjoy visiting?
0: yeah i did enjoy it but there's, there's one thing that uh, i really want to mention is a friend of mine called darren Park, and he put a comment on earlier on we used to nickname him frankie because he sounds like frankie spencer when he talks you know like so he's not like got like myself like a deep geordie accent and his birthday's on boxing day and it was his 21st birthday uh so 1995. so he hadn't been any away games. We'd heard about me talking about them and you know all the escapades and how much fun it was and it's good to see different places. So I said, right, we'll, we'll go to an away game, first away game, what we get to after your birthday. And it ended up being early January '96 uh, when we had Arsenal away in the League Cup and that's when Genoa got sent off for Elbow and Lee Dixon. Now, Lee Dixon had created or caused ABH against Genoa all game. But prior to the game, when you mentioned uh, any trouble last year, now Frankie's not one of those ones that you would say could look after himself. And it was only him and me that went down together. So we're in this bar. Now, bear in mind, at the time I was working in in London occasionally for London Electricity, part their the disconnections, business disconnections. And we went to this bar, and it was shocker, shocker block of Arsenal. All big lads around, around the, the around Highbury. And, he's, and I said, right, I'll go to the bar. And he went, no, 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 you, uh, you cause trouble. He says, let me go to the bar. And I says, well, you'll have to try and speak London, you know, try and speak a bit cockney. So he's went to the bar and he went, can I have two lagers, please? <laughs> it's just the most un-London, un-cockney, un jordy accent. With just the way he said it, the whole place just stopped. So I walked over and did my best impersonation of a cockney accent, threw him in the corner next to this fireplace, and says, right, just stay there, we'll be all right. So I paid the money, which was halfway through the paint. The next thing we know, this this paint glass comes landing just over where it's. And then there was like uh, five or six of them come flying out afterwards. And he's like, what should we do? And I went, we fucking run, sorry. If we <laughs> run, that's what we do, <laughs> straight out the bar door, straight up to the, up to the ground as quick as we could. So uh, that was his first experience. And I, I thought on the, on the way back, like, he's, he's gonna say, why did you take me? You're, you're never gonna do, I'm never gonna do this again. But for the next three or four years, he could loads of games. They like, loved it. Loved it. He's a top fella as well, by the way. But for his first experience, it, it was hostile, Arsenal, so it just reminded us. It really us laughing. Uh, unfortunately, we got beat that night. I, I think it was live on ITV as well. But, uh, wow. Yeah, we, we got beat. Uh, I think it was 2-0. I'm, I can't remember. But we shouldn't have. We, we deserved to win. But Giannola like, just got fouled really badly all game, and then he just reacted. I'm sure yeah. one of his quotes in the paper was they won't let me play football or something like that when he got sent off. But I'll just remember yeah. Darren Parkman or Frankie, as we know him. Yeah, that was his first away game. Fantastic,
1: fantastic. Good, good memories. That's what this program is all about. Anyone's uh, got any more memories? We've got about uh, 15 minutes left. Mitch, your your memories of Highbury was it? Were were the happy ones? Did you enjoy going to Highbury?
3: Yeah, used to love going to Highbury. Um, very rarely, so much, bother after or before was a place you could go and and there was general generally a mutual respect i think did, didn't they have a bar called the drayton arms where they used to encourage the way fans to go somewhere yeah near the tube i station? think
1: so yeah that's right they did
3: yeah Aye, and, and there was and, two around you know, the corner yeah and to, to to just keep that kind of i remember going there for a cookie and i don't know if it was a cup replay or uh it, it, early round cup game where we lost where Berkham scored one of the goals one year. And and it was probably one of the most pleasant and civilized away trips we ever did. It was just there was just no hassle at all. I think we had it we had an unusual section of the more than the usual away away, and that was why I really think it was a cup game. We had almost like an L shape where we were in the Arsenal bit. And um and just honestly, before, during, and after, there was just a lot of mutual respect and, and, and good good crack. And, and, and that's what you kind of get. I mean, I, I do have a lot of time for Arsenal fans. When Steve, Steve would tell me when we were setting the trust up, we got a lot of help off of the lads from the Arsenal trust who, yeah. you know, they've been going for years. I think they have their own bar still. You know, they're, they're, a, they're a big, well-organized group. And, and they spent a lot of time just out of the goodness of their hearts, doing stuff with me to try and help us. So, there was the big guy with a beard that used to come up quite a bit, Steve. I can't remember his name. Oh uh, yes, I remember he, he him. Steve Parrish. That's it? the lad. Yeah. Yes. So Parish, yeah, he was from the Arsenal trust. Where... And you could you could sit and shit and share, share stories with somebody like him all That's night great. like this. Yeah. You know, and, and it was and, and, and never a crossword And there's not many other groups of supporters, I think you, you could do that. Something would always get edgy somewhere along the line, Yeah, but never ever really with, with, with the lads from Arsenal that we've interacted That's right. Yeah. And, and, as, and as a rule, I did like Hyderley and I can't get into the, it. The Emirates have only been once and it just doesn't have that same feel. I can see why some of their fans don't like it. You know, I yeah. get that you've got to have a, a modern 24 seven um, multi-use facility now, they take in I think something like a million pounds a game on match days now. You know, it's a it's a huge, huge source of income for them. Um but I I would suggest there's probably a lot of supporters of our age and era just don't have the heart. That's the that yeah. was at Hyde. we had a bit of soul. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Keith remembers uh, his first game was at Highbury, uh, was Arsenal versus Newcastle 1976, Supermax first game against the Toon for Arsenal 3-1. Uh, I've stuck a, a link down below from 1972, uh, slightly happier times when Malcolm was playing for Newcastle, it was a, a, a win for Newcastle with uh, goals from Supermac and uh one from david craig and the david craig goal is an absolute belt i like um but it's, it's just fascinating looking back at st james's park back in those days it was prior to the east stand being built the Gallagher in full effect where it just looks like there's people on top of people it's uh well, it's great. Sometimes you get sucked in watching watching stuff like that, don't you? When uh, you know when you when you go onto YouTube, it's uh, yeah. it's amazing. Tune fans, my first game was Toon versus Leeds Milk Cup second leg, nineteen eighty two. Keegan walked straight up to the boards in front of me. I still remember getting to the top of the Gallagher steps and seeing the little pitch and the noise. That's one of those great uh, first game memories. Like like to hear them uh the duke and duchess of kent were in a car in front of oh, uh, that <laughs> says says your dad there you go <laughs> thank you george keep them right you've spent years keeping them right haven't it you're having to keep him right again. Mark Tulip says, "I like How fans? Very welcome and spoke to a bloke who agrees that we are a huge club. Tom Dixon says, My first game was a Champions League at home to some team. The atmosphere was unbelievable at St. James's Park. Thanks for that, Tom Nicholas says, How are you, lads? Bertie May said to Joe Harvey. Have you heard of the North Bank of <laughs> ivory <laughs> No, says Joe. I don't think so, but I've heard of the leases and I grew Fantastic. Still <laughs> welcome says hashtag Arsenal love it afc for life thanks dale if you've got any memories you want to share with us before uh, we we'll go about uh, games against newcastle and um, your memories of newcastle please do um want to talk a little bit about quirky stuff when we we'll cover these teams and um, obviously there's there's celeb fans um it's always interesting to see who claims to support um or who does support uh, these teams so um any any that spring to mind lads before i reveal me top five uh, Curly Watts. I'm going back. Coronation,
0: uh, oh. that's Curly Watts. Well, he you, was in the Harriet. Yeah, he's
1: Harriet. Is, is he? Oh, interesting. Yeah. He, he, was in the he out,
0: was, like, after that game. And, and I right. told the heater it was there, it was Denver Boris. Something can you believe this? Did you? And it was in <laughs> the
1: <Harriot. laughs> <laughs> um... Well. You'd be surprised at who supports them. To be perfectly honest, one of them is very obvious because Monday to Wednesday he annoys he annoys a lot of people <laughs> yeah. uh, in the morning, and that's yeah, Piers Morgan, guy. of Piers course. Morgan. Uh, big big Arsenal fan and uh, constantly uses his place on Good Morning Britain to talk about uh, to talk about Arsenal and his love for Arsenal and uh, how he's played a major part in Mbamyang uh, signing a new contract. So uh, always uh, always. You know, Proud to wear his shirt as well So he is hes a proper fan um, Some of the rest, I'm not 100% sure Whether this is publicity or not Dido She is an Arsenal fan Apparently, um, obviously uh, You can check out her back catalogue But uh, she's just Look made a few, Yeah, a few canny tunes um, Jay-Z <laughs> <the right>. rapper <laughs> Arsenal Arsenal <laughs> arsenal fan apparently uh been yeah, to a yeah. few games spotted there at the emirates in his fly emirates top spike lee all right
2: uh, Hi. yes
3: Hi.
1: yeah another yeah. another big another big guna apparently uh again has been cited um I'm, I'm putting this guy top because he's he's definitely i would say lights above the uh, you know head and shoulders above everybody else mick jagger Oh, bill, clinton. bill, clinton. Oh, bill oh. clinton or is that bill clinton or oh. is that elson wenger no that is bill <laughs> clinton that is bill clinton but it could he's doing a very good impersonation of arson wenger i'm presuming that he's got him in that arsenal top because he's sitting with him but yeah mick jagger he's me he's my number one um fan uh for arsenal this time round. i think um you know because of the music he's produced he's still a legend and uh yeah but interesting selection i'm sure we won't have that every week of uh, I, i'm sure we won't have such a good choice no. Uh, Dale, we're looking to Arsenal fans' favourite uh, moment. I know you mean Berg, uh, Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp doing two Newcastle defenders and tapping it in. Uh, yeah, um, it's got to be your favourite goal. It's no surprise. We talked about it earlier um, if you didn't catch that. Uh, okay. Tom Dixon says, I remember the derby games at Newcastle when Emery scored that free kick. I was right behind the goal when it went in. Can't remember the score. It was 3 2, mate. I remember that game. Mm-hmm. I remember that game. Bill Burnett uh, says, 1967 was my first visit to Highbury. I think it was nil. Nil. Um, might be able to chat that up for you before the end of the show. But uh, great, great stuff. Any stories about that? Please do. Mark says uh, 1998 FA Cup final official song was wrote, uh, written by, <laughs> by Sting. To yeah. army, pride. Yeah. yeah, I Cup final songs. Yeah, there's been some horrendous ones, hasn't there? Um, the little quirky thing. Um, going to tell us the significance of this, lads, and I'll, I'll leave it to you. I, I know you'll know it, but um, the album cover. John Lennon John album for that.
3: Great, yeah, That,
1: that was that's that was because
2: that was because of his, his love for a certain Newcastle player, wasn't it?
1: Yep. Yeah. Go on, Steve. Do you know the history of it? Is that right? Or was, it, was it that? I believe that was a drawn by, by John Lennon, Lennon, Lennon. aged eleven at his grand house. Yeah. You know, his Andy's house wherever he lived yeah so i mean and that became the album cover for walls and bridges but uh that's a, that's a it's a quirky little thing that isn't it it's um it's amazing and, and just the fact that he he picked the newcastle game of all games to pick and george robledo to get that headed goal against arsenal i'm not sure why why he did that
3: well they had they had albert stubbins on the cover of sergeant pennes as well didn't they
1: that's right yeah they did yeah, I think, it, I, think it,
2: I think I think didn't he say that Albert Stubbins was the the first player that he had that he remembered as a kid? And obviously he's, he then had this thing about Newcastle United and playing Arsenal in the cup final. And, he, and obviously fifty two, like you say he was only a young lad, but it was it was it was tied in with with the fact that I think because Stubbins went to Liverpool in the end, didn't he? Yeah, you he know. Did. Yeah. so there was there was that Stubbins connection the liverpool connection uh, the newcastle connection uh, unless of course it was just because he was from wall's end might have been that mitch
3: maybe so I used to live yeah used to live in the corner from me me mom's dad
2: that's right yeah
3: yeah he was wall's end lad albert
2: Stubbins, you know so yeah but i mean it just goes to show though you know even back in those days you know Newcastle was a was a was a fixture in the in the minds of 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 young youngsters all over the place. I wonder how many youngsters today would now. I mean, the, we did in the Keegan era, but how many youngsters now would be picking Newcastle as their first or even second choice? You know, obviously, let's say a second choice rather than first because mm-hmm. of the fact that they might live on the south coast or something like that. But we, we were everybody's second club, weren't we? You know, it was the second team, you know, under Keegan and the entertainers. And whether we're going to ever get that back or whether kids with the lockdown and, and the loss of TV football, whether kids will actually get into football, you know, they're not getting the opportunity to watch it. um, you know, they've only got FIFA to, to play on. And um, that's that's one of the worries, I think, that we've got uh, with COVID, etc. You know, um, whether youngsters are really going to be getting back into football um so but it it does show that you know that newcastle were a pull in those days and you know we like to think that still would be a pull if there were a successful club
1: yeah no no good points good points last couple of minutes lads uh final memories of arsenal uh from you steve and then we'll go around to stew and mitch what's your final memories of arsenal and um you know just the newcastle games in general
2: um i think the, the the back four you know the the old arm up you know that yeah that, that, you know everybody remembers that ended up being used in the full monty the arsenal back four um, and yeah. the way that, that george Graham had them organized the way that wenger probably came in at a time and revolutionized the sort of way that football was seen bringing that continental style that approach which was at loggerheads with the manchester united style but became so much embroiled in that battle between wenger and, and, and Ferguson. Um, as opposed to Man United and Arsenal Because there probably wasn't a rivalry between the, the two Until that particular point So I think from a football point of view That, that Wenger-Ferguson clash um, That we then saw with Vieira and and Roy Keane on the pitch Which just basically just uh, They did the punching and the kicking for
0: those two
1: Yeah Okay, Stu, final memories of Arsenal-Newcastle
0: uh, i think there was always two songs wasn't it? it was boring boring arsenal and then one nil to the arsenal you know that went on for ages and then Wenger come in and revolutionized it all didn't he and they become such from being the with the company they couldn't uh, the club that was called the bank of england you know they end up becoming a really attractive team to watch you know and, and with ian wright smashing the ghouls in a like natural finisher or things like that you uh, know so arsenal I think you touched on it yourself, Steve. It's, it's not one of those things you can see we had a hearing for, a arriving for. I think there's a bit of respect there, you know, for the way they've conducted themselves. There was never much trouble with, with Arsenal or anything like that. And, uh, you know, even now, even now, the the I think the Arsenal fans have changed, evolved. You know, they've had Wenger. I think they qualified for the Champions League 17 years in a row. And... They'd become used to it, and then they were sobbing and crying about how it's terrible that they might finish fifth that season. You know, I think we would all uh, cut off well, I'll say my right hand for uh, for an opportunity for five years of what they had at one stage. You know, they were winning everything, so to, it was, it still is now. Even Arsenal aren't as big as what they were, as unsuccessful as, as they were. To get a result against Arsenal, it's still up there, would get the result against Man United. And, and against liverpool and even when liverpool weren't doing well we were much better with them it was always good to beat them and it's the same with arsenal now as well you know so that's that's always my memory of arsenal they've always been renowned as one of the big three with man united and liverpool.
1: yeah good stuff Stu. good stuff uh same question to you mitch just finishing off really on mm. uh on arsenal and uh, your your views your memories of of arsenal and uh, newcastle
3: to, to echo what Stu said a little bit, one of my frustrations with the Arsenal fans was the, the way they sort of vented on Wenger and, and, and seemed to just gain a sense of entitlement and disrespect for somebody who'd done so much for the club. That um, Invincibles team that he put together, that's a ridiculous feat to do. I think particularly in modern football. Um, and, and that team had everything. It had defensive steel, it had organization, it had midfield draft, but it had gale, it had skill, it had the ability to tear a team apart both going on the front foot and on the counter-attack. Um totally revolutionized the way people think about Arsenal because the Arsenal I, you know, in my sort of home and away going to as many games as I as I could day was, was the one nil to the Arsenal, was the mm-hmm. other side offside of perfection um so they, they were happy just to, to graft and grind results out whereas when they turned them into something that was totally on a different level um and 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 that continued the spirit of what i'd grown up understanding the way arsenal was um and and that's why you know still now i've got a lot of time for them as a team
1: okay michael Hurst chucked in a, a last minute question which I think is a good one Um obviously we're always looking for ideas to improve I'll, I will uh, I will test the lads it's gonna be a hard one like because ever uh, you've got a thing on your feet lads but um, go on Steve you, you've got the hard job you've got to go first uh, Stu and Mitch have got a little bit of time to think about it maybe he's got mm-hmm. a pen and paper yeah uh, all-time uh, 11 let's just go with a let's go with four-four-two, which mm-hmm. the Bruce never uses um, goalkeeper. Um, goalkeeper between the two david seaman david seaman okay good shout uh yeah right back um right back probably would go with dixon dixon okay center halves
2: uh center halves oh let's see um difficult one difficult one um do i go modern do i go not one depends what i mean what what sort of team i want to play difficult that's
1: too difficult to ask uh, it depends if you want to win well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. you, just go, you just go with the arsenal back for yeah, they, they they every game yeah <laughs> i think
2: ferris fed in his right his left back um, just a token newcastle player yeah t- 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 I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go back here on just because i'm like the look of him you know he, he does me <laughs> head it on i'd probably go up for for, for well, i'd have to wouldn't i you know uh yeah and I'll go for Adams at the back. And let's let's stick um who who let's stick John McNamee with Adams. Let's 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 go. Let's have someone who would kick lumps out Ooh. of people. Um Ooh. I'd love to see Perra. I love Perez. I thought Perez he was a great player. I'd love to find a place for Janola. Um would I have Sheeran Henry up front? Um would I go with yeah, probably would. Um in fact, I'd go four-three-three. Three. I'd go Shearer, Henri, and Les Ferdinand. Uh, they would be front three, and I would put um, I'd put Perez in the midfield, and I would have Vieira in the centre, um, and Peter Beardsley. That's a canny team, like that's, that's a me, team. That's my team viera just sitting in front of that back four perez yep. and Gensley, and those three up
1: front okay manager give us a manager steve uh so bobby Sir bobby okay Stu. over to you mate right i've
0: been scribbling furiously so <laughs> i've mentioned i've mentioned the keeper that i thought that steve might mention uh pat jennings in goal. yeah okay um I- as much as i hate the old one, the, they are so You can't really knock the defence. So I'll go with three of them, and I wouldn't pick Cured for the same reason as Steve does. I think he's well anyway. I'd have Dixon Winterburn as the fullbacks, Tony Adams, but I'd put Jonathan Woodgate in. Right, okay. like, uh, as defenders. Now we're, I've actually picked yet yeah, th- three in midfield. I would have Vieira sitting holding, uh, with Bierzdi in front of him, Gascoigne one side, and Liam Brady the other side all right aye and then up front no no room for Henry. uh because i still haven't although i'm not irish i haven't forgiven for that handball where he didn't admit it uh so it has to be Shearer and ian Wright up front with keegan as the manager
3: Poor, oh, love it mitch great seaman and goal. um back four of dixon adams albert and Sansom.
1: oh, um,
3: oh cool Vieira and Lee sitting in the centre midfield, wingers Robert and overmars and Sheeran
1: in right up front. Can he? Like, three good teams, lads. Three good really teams. Uh, well, great. That we'll was do. it. And,
3: and Sir so Bobby is manager. And I tell you what, you could probably pick over the years twenty-five different teams that the quality yeah. players we both had. Yeah. And you'd see that I'd get
1: the same reaction. Oh yeah, that's a team. Yeah. Um, a lot of good a lot of good frenchmen yeah mm-hmm. are ah, you both, both a lot of good englishmen right. as well and a lot of good englishmen yeah um finally before we finish that was great that michael hurst great question i think yeah. we'll keep that into the we'll definitely keep that into the format just a few players like um a few, a few players who played for both teams again there's something else which uh, i've just thought of which we can probably chuck in uh, for each one of course, that one which uh, meant my dad never went back to St. James's Park after Gordon Lee sold him. Um, he, I had to persuade my dad back in the 90s. Eventually, uh, 91, 92, my dad came back. After uh, Supermark left, he left. But Supermark, of course, played for Newcastle and for Arsenal. Um, Mitch mentioned him, Kenny Sampson. Of course, uh, had a fantastic time at Arsenal. Not so good under Jim Smith uh, at at Newcastle. Didn't didn't do so well. Um, wasn't the greatest squads, greatest of teams, and came with a lot of players who were probably past their best. And uh, another one, which which is of course, you know, somebody who didn't have much game time at Arsenal, uh, but did do very well at Newcastle, and then subsequently Man United. Work. Andy cool yeah. Of course, he started yeah. off, didn't really get much of a run out at Arsenal. Went to Bristol, and then. Uh, Made a move to Newcastle in the season that we got promoted and uh, hit the ground running and then um, did fantastic well in the Premiership and still holds our our all-time goal-scoring record in one season and um, that was uh a great spell under uh you know un- under keegan before uh obviously he got sold uh great stuff though um lots of people uh commenting salt campbell tom dixon saying michael Hurst says thanks for asking me a question lads great show lads it's been an absolute pleasure Andy Lee says we should have had tennis burke camping yeah. um and uh fun freddie didn't know andy cole started at arsenal so see you've learned something tonight uh, <laughs> Stu. thanks for a fantastic debut great to have you on board eventually on a show uh, and um we're gonna i think we're gonna do aston villa next week um we're gonna do oh, once a week cool. on a thursday nicholas says this retro show is class which you could tell tales all day long about away games next week sitting in the british lion who fancies a drive to bilbao tomorrow bilbao. <laughs> uh, <laughs> brilliant absolutely brilliant we've got to give a big shout out though as always to our sponsors and it's uh, a big shout out to q tech uh who obviously make pool tables and snooker tables in walls and q tech shop.co.uk and also a big shout out to darren baldwin's funerals and uh, don't forget you can listen to the show on itunes and on spotify just search up uh nufc matt as you can hear us all with on, and we're always now going to use thursday night for the big reveal for the three amigos uh poster and the lads never see the lads never see it um until i always see it first which uh which i didn't are you ready lads yeah go on then (laughs) (laughs) three amigos 6 o'clock tomorrow. Um, yeah, the designer keeps uh, surpassing himself with these. Absolutely brilliant. So, we'll be back 6 o'clock, well, 8 o'clock, our normal time tomorrow to talk about uh, Newport County, um, amongst other things and uh, looking ahead, of course, to the game against Burnley. And don't forget, I know a lot of you have already, hopefully COVID permitting NUFC matters Christmas night out, Friday the 4th of December 7pm at the Tyneside Irish Centre in aid of the Newcastle Food Bank. Uh, I'll be doing a Q&A with Lee Clark I know there's a lot of the people who present the show and come on the different shows are all going to be there liam kennedy's going to come along a few of the girls a few of the lads those who can make it will be there um at the moment it's only 80 tickets um because of COVID. Uh, it will well change before then depends what boris decides to do uh but yeah hopefully uh, you can get your tickets for that from www.com newcastlelegends.com and as i say the money is going to the food bank at a crucial time for them it has to be said so look forward to seeing uh, you all tomorrow for the three amigos uh Stu, mitch steve thanks for joining us on the retro oh, yeah. show look for, look forward Cheer to time. talking to aston villa next week take care lads and thank everybody good for good watching night. good night